0: Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening.
1: This morning we have some special guests with us. If you remember, about a year and a half ago, a group from our church went to Phoenix and worked with James Turner and... um, urban outreach in Phoenix. Well, James transitioned to Ohio, to Cincinnati, and Zippy, who is his associate, took over. And Zippy's now a fully appointed AG missionary. He's uh, got his appointment this spring. And so they are actually doing incredible work. They work with the homeless in Phoenix. And he also brought on, I'm sure I got the names right, Craig and Rebecca with him, who are also up-and-coming leaders in their church. And what we love is they go out in the streets, they preach Jesus, they help people get off the streets. But Zippy also has a heart for raising up leaders. He's not just with the homeless, but he's helping build the church and helping revitalize a couple of churches. And he's raising up leaders and putting them into ministry. And you guys know his boss. Uh, he comes here every year, uh, Billy Thomas, who we call him a thief because he keeps taking people and putting them in ministry. But it's a good thing. It's a good kind of thief. He was here last spring. He was like, who else can I take? And I said, nobody. Just <laughs> no I'm kidding. Uh, but he's, uh, he's his boss. So he works with them. So he knows these guys really well. So would you give a big Calvary welcome this morning to Zippy Dirks and uh, Rebecca and Craig this morning? So,
2: come on, praise the Lord! Isn't He good and faithful, church? I'm, I'm telling you what. God is, he is so faithful. I should not be up here today. Craig and Rebecca should not be up here today. Thank you so much, Pastor. Pastor, thank you so much for the opportunity. I absolutely love him. I have aggravated him for a year and a half. I love it. No, they just, everyone that came out, they just, I just my heart, and they, they just have a heart for people. It's amazing when you have a pastor that has a heart, a genuine heart for people. Like, like, like he said, I am with Urban Outreach. We're in one of ten cities and we're growing. I have a heart and passion to raise up missionaries. I don't want nothing to be my own. I said if, if this ever becomes a job or this ever feels like work, I'm stepping away because it's a call. It's not a job. It's a responsibility. It's not meant for me to hold on to. It's meant for me to keep passing and passing and passing. Raise up sin, raise up sin, raise up sin, raise up sin. Why? Because we want to take over the whole entire state of Arizona. But we got to start in our backyards first. We're going to start with Maricopa County. God gave me a vision that we're going to have four campuses in five years. We're in two now. This is our second year as leaders of urban outreach. We just started. Our year number two, and we're already launching in our second campus, and we have a, another church wanting us to launch at the beginning of next year for our third campus. So, how many people went on that mission trip with Pastor last year? Raise your hand. Now, raise your hand up high. All right. So, do you all remember Eugene? Eugene. <laughs> hey guys, that man, like Eugene was quiet. That's why I seen the one sister. I'm like, hey, I said you remind me so much of Eugene. Uh, Pastor, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, So quiet. Such an introvert. It's just like, let me be over here. But now Eugene's licensed. He's a licensed missionary. He runs one of the campuses. He's our outreach director. He's laying hands on the sick. They're getting healed. He's seeing deliverance. He's seeing demons getting cast out of people. And now he's raising up people. That's it. Come on. That should get you excited, church. God isn't looking he don't need a long resume. He just needs somebody who's available and willing to say yes. Just somebody who's willing to say yes and amen. So I'm just going like I said this is Craig and Rebecca. So the ministry they came from, Craig was there for 5 years, Rebecca was there for 4 years. Five and four years, dedicated faithful. Part of the one of the programs we worked with, the ministries worked with, was where they were at. Last year alone, we got 375 people off the streets into discipleship programs and emergency housing. This year, we're at 542. Come on. And we still have a little over a month to go. But I just want Craig and Rebecca just to take about a minute to just to, you know, share what God's done, what Jesus has done with you all.
3: Hello, everybody. Good morning. God bless you. How's everybody doing today? Yes. Yes. So first and foremost, I would like to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for my salvation. Amen. You know, I I used to be lost, broken, and bound. I was an addicted teen and, uh, and 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 a troubled teen. And, um that followed throughout my life of sin and darkness you know sin was the root of my problem but one day i was uh, i was desperate and i and i wanted and i wanted something different in my life and i looked up to heaven i said lord god if you have anything different for me than what i'm doing right now please show me and i'll become willing to do it and it was at that time where the holy spirit had overcome and had and, and he had had filled me at that moment and I was able to stand up where I was from the places I was living and the people I was hanging out with and walk away from that life and I found myself in a ministry that the Lord Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit had, had strengthened me when I had no power over this situation I couldn't do it it wasn't my mom or my dad or the prison system or, or the judge that could break me from my problems and my sin but it was Jesus that could And so I found myself into a a, a ministry that was, it was a men's home. And I was there and they taught how to reach out into the community, to people that were very much like myself. And whatever God's done in my heart, whatever he's doing in my life, even still today, that's what my prayer is for others that are out there lost, broken, and bound. If he could do it for me, he could do it for anybody. That no one's too far gone, that there's always hope. You know, and when people say that they feel hopeless, I remember what that was like. But let me tell you, there is hope. And our hope is in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Good
4: morning. God bless you. Hi. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Rebecca. And um, I got saved in 2018. And I want to thank God for my salvation. Uh, thank you, Jesus. I, I wasn't saved in a church. I was uh, living at my best friend's house, and unfortunately my best friend was also a drug dealer. Um, The place that I left before my mom's house, um, there's lots of drugs, gang activity, prostitution, and I left there to go somewhere better, which was my friend's house. And I, I got myself in a room, I was renting a room, And um, I was talking to God a lot in the middle of my addiction in the darkest time of my life when I was at the very bottom. I'd lost everything through depression. I'd lost everything um, through um, just giving up on life. And I fell into drugs. And I cried out to God. I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to die like this. I'm going to die like this. I was helpless. And and I was hopeless. And I was desperate for change. And in that moment, when I asked God to help, um, he gave me strength. And I I felt the spirit come upon me. I lost the desire to drink. I lost the desire to smoke cigarettes. I lost the desire for drugs. He took it out of my mouth. I, I could no longer taste things the same way. And the people I was with started looking at me like, She's really losing it now. (laughs) She's really on the edge. They start watching me. That's a dangerous situation to be in um, with those kind of people. And they start thinking that you're compromised or maybe not all in and I left. Within about 18 hours, I was gone. I was never homeless, but I was really close. I saw the sun starting to go down on the end of that second day after leaving that house. I was wandering aimlessly through the streets, and I realized I was going to spend a night outside, and I was terrified of that. I put myself in a hospital, I went from a hospital to a detox center, and then I went into a street ministry. I was discipled by men and women of God that raised me up. I ran a women's home for three years and helped to reach out to other men and women. Um, Right now, I have a, a little brother that's in prison, And my sister um, passed away this January. She died in her addiction. I'm the only one that made it out of that generation so far. I stand in the gap right now for my family and for all the other men and women, all the other kids that are out there still that maybe weren't given a good start but have a chance at having a great ending because the victory is in Jesus Christ. And what we're searching for is eternity. Amen.
2: Come on now. Now Rebecca and Craig are starting to work on their credentialing. They put their paperwork through to start their, the process of becoming a missionary associates. And they will be taking on our second campus once they're credentialed. Come on. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Everything in the middle was part of where God has taken you for your destination. Amen. Craig and Rebecca, thank you. I'll bring you all back up here in a second. Uh, Pastor, do you got that video? I want everybody to see this video. And then, I promise, we're going to get somewhere with this. Amen. So just pull it on up real quick.
5: the sound of the coming king people walking around with their fingers in their ears singing Dada. i don't want to hear the sound of the coming king but he says he says well i have held my peace for a long 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 time and in my silence you thought that i was all together like you and in your heart you were settled in complacency you said he won't even respond you said he's not interested you said
2: So that picture right there, that's only part of the kids in the ministry. That's only a portion. We have, from when we started, we took over, by December of last year, we had 20 people with Urban Outreach and 40 kids and youth. Today, we're running in between 80 and 90 and over 130 kids and youth. That's in one year. Don't tell me God can't do it. I just told the youth prior to this, we add, God will multiply. If everybody in here invites one person to service next week, they're going to have to start bringing in more chairs, and we're going to have to get a lot more closer, church. We should be glad to be in the house of the Lord. Now, I asked my brother over here, come on up here, because I want you all to get this encounter, Craig and Rebecca, and this experience. This is what we do when we hit the streets. Because I want y'all to be a part of this. Pastor, I, y'all were out there last year, or like 18 months ago when we did this. I don't, I don't know if, what was, was Craig and them out there that time? Greg, Rebecca, come up here. Yeah. Come up here. I want everybody to stand to your feet. So imagine a 1,000 people, homeless, broken, addicted, afflicted being around you. Women are getting pimped out by their pimps. And all of a sudden, this song begins to play. Right in the middle of the street. People are selling dope. And they're selling dope. And they're trafficking women. They're fighting. People are getting stabbed. Then all of a sudden, this song begins to play. And I think we all know it. I want you all to To just follow our lead. Craig, I'm going to have you say, you sound a lot better than me. I'm tone deaf. I know my lane. But I I want you both to lead us in this. All right, when we do this, we only do the chorus. All right, so I just want you to follow his lead. And G, amen. And when we do this, I want everybody's hands stretched to heavens. And I just want you all to close your eyes and envision being right in the middle of the hood around thousands of people and envision someone and people just walking up one by one. All of a sudden they forgot about their circumstances. All of a sudden they forgot that they didn't have shoes. All of a sudden they forgot that they had dirty clothes on. They had holes in their clothes. They just got raped earlier in the day. This is reality, this happens every day. And that's where we're going to get people. But I think y'all know the song called Amazing Grace. I want everybody to stretch your hands. I want us all to come in community And just, I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes and envision people one after another just walking up with tears running down their eyes. You've seen the pictures. Just tears coming down their eyes.
0: Grace.
3: Amazing grace. Come on, everybody, just a little bit louder. How sweet
0: the sound, that's what I'm talking about, that say
3: Now we're going to sing praise God.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. We stand in the midst of chaos, and the Lord brings peace. When all hell breaks loose all around us, the presence of the living God calms the storms. When we're down there, we're in the midst of the chaos We jump right in the middle of the darkness and it begins to flee. It begins to flee. Darkness can't be in the presence of light. It can't be in the presence of light. So when we come and we bring the presence of the living God because we ask the Holy Spirit to go before us, say, God, you go before us because I'm not going nowhere unless you go before me. And when we begin to sing Amazing Grace and you begin to see that, so now y'all can envision what it looks like, get the smell of that, And that we bring the sweet aroma through the Holy Spirit. And you start seeing people walk up and walk up and walk up. And they say, why are you all singing this? They say, why are you all doing this? And they're heartbroken. And there's tears coming down their eyes like I haven't heard that song in 20 years. They say, I haven't heard that song in 20 years. Why are you all doing this? Why do you all keep showing up week in and week out, week in? Why do you all keep coming to us? We reject you every week. But now, why do you keep showing up? It's because it's what God's called us to do. I want the one. I want the one. And I want the one. One of my favorite movies is called Hacksaw Ridge. And when he goes up on the mountain, he climbs up the wall. He says, God, give me one more. One more. God, give me one more. My heart's desire is to end homelessness. That every person in the whole state of Arizona become saved. Every last one. And I'm not going to stop until the state of Arizona belongs to Jesus. And they're open about it. Amen. <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona is the fifth largest city. In the United States, over 5 million people, of those 5 million people, we showed up, and we got down there. There was a man who was homeless for 22 years, stuck in bondage, stuck in bondage for 22 years. We can't take missing one paycheck, let alone being trapped for 22 years. And he says, I've never seen nothing like this before, because it's not about urban outreach, it's not about urban outreach. It's about bringing the church together for the purpose of the kingdom. Jesus preached the kingdom. His message was the kingdom. His ministry was the people. Y'all may be seated. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, man, can we just sit down? My legs. <laughs> Jesus' ministry was the people. So what does our ministry need to be? The people. His message was the kingdom. What's our message need to be? The kingdom. That's what we do. What we do isn't nothing outside of the alignment of the purpose of the kingdom. It's not difficult. I promise everything we do is inside the holy word of God. You all have the same access I do. God just put a burning passion in me. Just like he did with Craig and Rebecca. Just like he did with Eugene. Just like he's done with others. I tell people, I said, I'm here to get you all to the next level. I just have to show you what God did with me, how he's led me, the people he's put in my life that discipled me, what they did with me. This is what I need you all to do. And what happens? You see people come out of their shells. And next thing you know, you all see the real skinny guy in the photos that were praying with the two little kids. Those are two of my little babies. I got five of them now. And uh, Eugene was praying with them. Eugene, you could barely hear him with the microphone turned all the way up. Pastor Rex will tell you, hey, guys, hi. It's like, Eugene, you're allowed to talk, I promise. We don't bite. We may punch you every now and then, but we don't bite. God is so faithful. He began to lay hands on people, and they started getting healed. He began to pray for sicknesses. They began to get healed. And then he stepped into the next realm I want to see demons come out of that person. I said, well, Eugene, get the oil. I said, the Bible said lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. Let's get the oil. Get the oil. Get the oil. We'll come together. What are we going to do? We're going to lay hands and we're going to tell them demons come out. Well, demons can't be in the church. Oh, yes, they can and they are. Yes, they can and they are. Guess what we do? We get the oil, we lay hands. Next thing you know, demons manifest. Boom, you got to go. You don't need to hoot and holler, yell, scream. No, you just tell them to leave because you got the power and authority that the kingdom of heaven has. in His name is Jesus Christ. And when you say you must go in Jesus' name, Sometimes you are warring. Sometimes you do have to raise. Sometimes you do got to be stern. Sometimes you got to be praying and, and, and constantly praying and going, going into war, praying in your language, in your prayer language for hours. We spent three hours one time praying for someone before all 12 legions came out of them. But yet we're so quick to do this. In Jesus' name, be healed. I love you. Lord loves you. Boom. They're not set free yet. Get the oil. You better pray longer. We need to be intentional. God has done so many amazing things. We've seen people with a long list of felonies get set free and delivered on fire for Jesus. We've seen people whose mindset was, well, I have a house. I have a car. I have everything that I need. I got a well-paying job. Uh, that stuff's meant for those people. Those people. I said, well, who are those people? I said, you realize you ain't no different than those people. You just got a little bit more material than them. I said, because there's none righteous, not even one. And I said, without God's grace, you're nothing. Without God's grace, I'm nothing. I said, so you ain't no different. I said, I can't do what I do unless they do what they do. I can't do what I do unless my wife does what she does. I'm a better husband because of the role and responsibility my wife. My wife does. And all the ladies said, come on. Husbands, you better come in agreement with that. (laughs) Come on. My wife's so far out of my league, it don't make sense. That was a divine thing in itself. My wife looks like a Barbie. I look like I just came out the joint. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> but, but God. And now God's blessed us. And in the abundance, I was never supposed to have kids, ever. I was sterile. Now I got five with a set of twins. Come on. Four girls and a boy. So if you treat women bad, God will bless you with a miracle but be prepared. <laughs> Prepare the way of the Lord. <laughs> it's not what he's talking about in scripture so don't get <laughs> But my kids teach me so much about the word of God. And the main thing they teach me is how selfish I am. My children teach me how selfish I am. You think you have a need? Have kids. They said it'd be fun. And they all got different personalities. Yes. But it blesses me. And God's blessed us with so many opportunities. It's so amazing what God can do with a broken vessel. It's so amazing what God can do when we make ourselves available to Him. It's the availability, it's the obedience. The obedience comes with the sacrifice. The sacrifice don't come with the obedience, it's backwards. Well, I sacrificed this. Your motives were wrong. But we're, when we're obedient to the will of God, He will bring the sacrifice. He proved that with Abraham. God has blessed us. We could, we're connected with the ministry called Hope for the Homeless. They bless us with 500 to 1,000 hope packs every month. That goes so far. A pastor has seen them. I mean, you get, you get a little bottle of water, you get some snacks, you get basic hygiene stuff. Then we're connected with 210 church, which is where we're getting ready to launch our second campus out of. We're doing something different in Arizona. So we're planting churches inside of a church and then launching. They said, that don't make sense. Isn't that I said, we're not a parachurch. The te- technical terms, we, it's not important. It's just we're launching churches for the purpose of the kingdom. So one church we helped is called City Church Phoenix. Now it's called City Church Phoenix. Urban Outreach Phoenix, because it's not about them, it's not about us, it's about the kingdom. 210 church team, was happening it's like, hey, we want some of that too. So now it's going to be 210 Urban Outreach Phoenix, or we're just going to make it Urban Outreach. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about the kingdom. 210 blesses us with like two, three hundred sandwiches every week. Fire and water, guess what, they're not AG, they're, they're independent. It's not about that. They bless us with like two, three hundred sandwiches a place called Hemp Legacy Foundation, that's her last name. It's not the plant. i want to make sure I'm clear with that. But they bless us with a bomba socks. It's about relationships. We build relationships. PRC, Lifeline Arizona, Teen Challenge, Phoenix Rescue Mission, all these other places. We call them up, get them people. You mom. Crossroads, all these different ministries, organizations. We help get people off the streets. We can't do it on ourselves. We're connected with other, like helping hands. And and, uh, we got a team that goes out on Saturday for Celebrate Recovery. They lead people off the streets. We got another uh, church. We're connected with Family uh, Worship Center. Brother George, he goes, and they hit other areas. We can't. Why? Because we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do nothing by ourselves. But what's happening? We're bringing unity in the body of Christ. And people are seeing a kingdom movement. Glendale police, we have so much favor with them. If I'm not careful on who I send there, we could probably commit crimes and get away with it. There's so much favor there. We've parked in the middle of the street, and the cops want to make sure everybody went around us. The Glendale lieutenant I talk to all the time. That's amazing. We have favor. Why? Because we're being obedient to God, and God has given us the favor. If he's did it with us, he can do it with everybody in here. Amen? We just connected with a place called Agridime. Anybody ever heard of Agridime? Best steaks, I'm telling you what. Oh, that's a whole other story. But we spoke at a church in Arizona, and when we spoke, it just happened to be the account manager, the CEO, the sales manager, and one of the warehouse employees just happened to be there. And it just happened to be the executive presbyter's church, which his son, son-in-law, and daughter-in-law all work there. And they just happened to be at service that week. So take a while, guess what happened? We showed a video and it tugged so heavy and deep on the president's heart to where he goes, we got to do something for, the, for this community. We have to. So he reached out to Pastor Dale. He goes, Pastor, he said, can, can you get me in touch with that guy? He says, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. You're talking about Zippy. He said, Because he's from Kentucky, so he got a little bit of an accent. He's from the southern part. I'm from the northern part. It's a whole different thing. I had to explain that to people. But he got us connected. And what ended up happening? Had a meeting. He goes, This is what we want to do. We want to give you all 500 pounds of beef and we want to give you 500 burritos every single week. Every week. Come on. If we weren't in Phoenix, Arizona, that could never have happened. There's thousands and thousands of people on a weekly basis getting blessed. There's 5 million people in Phoenix. There's 250,000 people in Glendale alone. In Glendale alone, there's 250,000 people, and we're trying to get all of them. We're in central Phoenix right now. There's, there's about 5,000 people within a couple blocks. Apartment complexes after apartment complexes. We're, we're going after all of them. We're going after all of them. And they said, I didn't know y'all do stuff like this. And I, I and I'm sorry because the church has failed you all. I said, the church has failed you. But we're here for reconciliation. And we're here to show you that we're here. We want to love you like Christ loved the church. We want to love you all back to life. That campus we're on, they had 12 people when we got there. Now they're running around 90, 80 to 90 in a year. Their children's ministry was almost non-existent. Now they've exploded. Why? It's because we're doing what God calls us to do. Yes, has it came with a, a price? Yes, it has. Have we been shot at? Yep. Have we had machetes pulled on us? Yep. Have we entered into a place where a, it's sad when we see that women get raped daily? Daily, and they come out as begging us, can you help me? but we can't make it obvious because he's over there and he's going to kill me and he's going to shoot you. What do we do? Get him in a car or we'll take off. Get him in the vehicle, leave. Get him out of, the, get him out of that place. If we're not going to do it, who's going to do it? We go out to people with grace. We go out with the lost and broken, the addicted, the afflicted with grace. Not law. You don't have to tell people that smoking fentanyl shooting meth is bad. You don't have to tell them that being homeless is not good for them. They know this. But when you meet them with the love of Jesus, it just does something. It just does something with them. When we're blessed with the opportunity to shepherd the ones no one will because they're not going to come to the church. They're not coming to the four walls. That's why When we shepherd them, we minister, we we pour into them, and they finally come into the church, I say, Pastor, I need you. I can't be here. I need you to be here. We're going to bring these people. They're going to cuss. They're going to swear. They're going to stink. They're going to get on your nerves. They're not going to be cleaned up, all fashioned up. No, they're going to be rough around the edges. They're going to offend everybody probably. No, I need you. We need the local church. I can't do, we can't do what we do unless we have the local churches with us. It's not feasible. I'm not saying God can't make a way because God can do what God wants. But we need the local church. We need the elders of the church. We need you. Why? We can't be out there if we have to be in here doing that also. I can't, tell, I can't tell you how many times we've encountered people, time after time after time, who were blessings. They had amazing gifts from God. And they would go into a church, and they would push them off to the back. Or they would say, uh, that's not what we're called to be as the church. This is a building where the church, we love them. When they come in contact with us, They come in contact with the hospital and the great physician because the doctor's in the house and his name is Jesus. So when they see us, they need to see Jesus. When they see us, they don't need to see Urban Outreach. They don't need to see Calvary. No, they need to see Jesus. And when they see Jesus, you can walk away and they're going to come follow because they're not following you, they're following him. But see, we understand who lives within us. And because we understand who lives within us, the Bible says the miracle signs and wonders follow those who believe. You don't have to go chase them. We don't need revival chasers, we need revival makers. Amen. That ain't gonna start until the church gets stop being quiet and begin to let the voice of God speak. We go out there and do these things week in and week out. I started smiling. When, when y'all were doing the song, Death is Defeated, because that's what scriptures came to mind. That's what scriptures came to mind. When I was thinking about this service with Paul and Silas, they said, look, this woman's coming. And, and, and this woman, she, she tells these things that are going to happen. And when they happen, she gets paid for them. We know what we're talking about, Acts chapter 16. So she begins to say, This is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. Let me give you money. Let's give her money. And and these people were just kept pouring money into her because she was, it was a demon. It wasn't a a prophet, she was a demon. So then she began to follow Paul and Silas. They said, These men, they came to tell you how to get saved. And finally, Paul turns around. Demon, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. It came out. It came out. And then what happens? I'm summarizing this for time purposes and to be respectful. Because we can go on for about eight hours on this one. (laughs) He said, demon, come out. Guess what? They were obedient to the will of God. They were obedient to what God asked them to do. What happens? Paul and Silas, you know, the the leaders of the community, the government of the community said, lock them up and beat them. Can you imagine that? You just got set free. You just got delivered. Hallelujah. Y'all are going to prison, and we're going to beat you. We're going to whip you. Just from encountering so many people, over the last decade of my life, that's been the response that has happened that they get when they walk into the, the local churches. That needs to change. I'm not saying it's every church. So don't say, well, that's not happening here. No, I'm talking about as a majority. I know your pastor's heart. I've talked to him. Many times. But these people, when they get set free, they get set free, and then they get persecuted, condemned, and there's nobody to walk with them to say, you know what, through this condemnation, you accepted Jesus, so there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him. It's because he lives within us. And Paul and Silas knew, you can beat me, you can whip me, but you know what you can't take from me? You can't take my praise. You can't take my worship. You can't take my praise. So what are we going to do? We're going to lift your name up, Jesus. We're going to praise you. We're going to keep praising you. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. When you begin to praise in the midst of chaos hell trembles the demons tremble and the ones who people say are outcasts and misfits they begin to listen and they begin to watch and they begin to wonder what is it why are you doing this and they begin to do it how do we get in the midst of chaos in the midst of where not even the police officers go by themselves we're down there with no guns no knives we just come with the word of god the greatest sword ever the greatest weapon ever It has no bullets. It has no shield because it is the shield. It has no sword that needs to be sharpened because it is the sword. And we praise, and we praise, and we praise, and then we pray, and we pray, and we pray. And then they began to say, hey, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? You're out here praying with everybody, but can we pray for you? Now, we're very... Cautious about who we let pray for us. Because if not, what's connected with them is going to be connected with you. And sometimes you don't want those problems. Demons are real. And we began to praise. The same thing that was happening here. They began to praise. The people began to listen. Then the prison walls came down. Everything opened. You want to talk about obedience? If you got locked up for praising Jesus, guess what, church? It's coming. Them days are coming. It's not if, it's when. Where you're going to start to proclaim and profess and confess the name of Jesus. And they say, if you mention that name, you're going to prison. Lock me up. You can throw away the keys if you want. You want me to help you get there? Because now you're just giving me another opportunity. The only thing is, these people can't leave. These can So the the doors flew open and the guard that was on duty freaked out because if you lose a prisoner, they kill you back in those days. And he went to take his sword and kill himself. And Paul, who they just beat and whipped, he said, no, no, stop, stop, stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. We're still here. We're still here. Don't do that. If that offends you, you're in the right place. I'm telling you, if that type of stuff, if that bothers you, and you need to begin to speak to God, well, you're in God's holy house. Amen. Thank God for being in God's holy house. Because sometimes the best, the best counsel we're going to get is the Holy Spirit all the time. Distractions are going to come trying to intervene, and then God's going to intervene. So what ended up happening, he went to office, so you just got done beating him with me, but I'm going to save your life. Hey, 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 we're still here. Sometimes your prison break is in your praises and obedience. Because what happened is Paul said, stop, don't do that. We're still here. We're not going to leave because you all locked us up. And until you all release us, we're not going to leave. We're all still here. We're all still here. You want to talk about conviction? Y'all didn't do nothing wrong. Sounds like somebody I know. They didn't do nothing wrong. All they did was cast the devil out of somebody. They casted the demon out of someone and get locked up. Who else did that? Jesus. And he still says, I'm going to be obedient. I'm still going to be obedient. Pastor, they tried to wipe me out, but guess what? We're going to be obedient. We're going to be obedient because it's what God calls us to be. We're not to conform to this world. We're not to be of this world. We're not supposed to conform to this world. Why? Because we're set apart from. So when when society says take off and run, Paul's seen a greater thing. And the greater thing he's seen is, not only are you going to get saved in the midst of this, your whole family is going to get saved. and when your whole family gets saved, all your friends and their family is going to get saved. See, Paul's seen the forest, they were just seeing the seed. But when we plant the seed, we water and we nurture it, then we get a forest. But see, Paul says, "I'm going to be obedient." That man end up repenting. He says, "How do I get saved? How do I get saved?" Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it says. Depending on the translation you got for people who get into that. And then what happened? His whole family got saved. And then they went to release him. See, this is when boldness and confidence kicks in. This is when boldness and confidence kicks in. Because then he says... You're not going to release me. Those ones who wrongfully accused me are going to release us. He says, we're staying locked up. Now, here's your ticket to get out because they said, go ahead, let him out. He said, no, no, no. We're not going until they release us in front of everybody. So guess what happens next? He comes in. (laughs) They come And in front of the whole city, they released him. Guess what? We need to do? We need to be like Paul and Silas. When everything's chaos around us, we're doing everything we're supposed to, we're doing everything, and nothing seems to work out. As a matter of fact, we feel like we're stepping into a prison. God's setting you up for a breakthrough. Your breakthrough is the hope for somebody else. Sometimes, when we get in situations, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor. Sometimes we get in situations, it feels like we're stuck and there's no way out. And we begin to think about it, it's us. Don't you see what's going on with me? Don't you see what's going on with me? Or am I the only one who feels like that at times? God, don't you see? Put a praise on it. God, thank you for putting me through this. Because through this storm, through this trial, through this prison hold, Lord, you are setting somebody else up to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. God, you're setting this up so somebody comes to you. You're setting somebody up to get in the heart of repentance. You're setting somebody up for their breakthrough. You're setting somebody up to be free from bondage. They say, well, that's easy for you to say. Oh, no, it's not. Guess what? It was a process to get there. It was teaching. It was being discipled. That's why if you ain't been discipled, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a nonstop struggle. But when we've been discipled and we want to give that to everybody else, that's why I lift up other leaders. That's why I love them when people step into their calling and they say, I'm, in, I'm struggling. Put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. I believe there's people in here today, you've been asking God for your breakthrough. You ain't just been asking, but you've been begging. You've been begging God for your breakthrough. Pastor, I'm going to bring you and the worship team up here. You've been praying, and you've been begging God for your breakthrough. Maybe God's saying, will you just give me your praises? We've seen hundreds and hundreds of people get their breakthrough in the middle of the street, in the middle of the hood, in the middle of the ghetto by putting a praise on it. If they can be in the prison in the streets and they can do it and get their breakthrough, then why can't we do it here today? Why can't we do it here today, church? Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying everything in your walk's gonna be easy, because I'd be lying to you. If it was easy, everybody would sign up and do it. But the reward is in eternity. You keep praising God. Man, maybe you have that prodigal child. You keep praising God for that prodigal child. You keep praising God for the lost people. You keep praising God that they're gonna come home. You begin to prophesy. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. And they will prophesy. It's not what I say. It's what God's word says. Everybody stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I believe with everything in me today that God spoke something to you. I believe it with everything in me. I believe that you're wanting to praise God. Don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about what your friend's going to think. Don't worry about your age. Don't worry about where you're at in your walk. Just begin to lift the name up, the name above all names. Begin to stretch your hands through the heavens in submission. Say, God, I submit to you, Lord. And I know you're going to move in my life, Father God. But I want to praise you. I want to praise you not for what you've done. I don't want to praise you for what I believe you're going to do, but I want to praise you for who you are. When is the last time we began to thank him and praise him for who he is? Lift up his name. I'm going to everybody stretch your hand. Father God, I thank you for every individual in this house, Lord. Father God, I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I... I ask right now in Jesus' name that you put that fire inside each and every person's soul and their spirit, Lord, where they will leave this place, not the same way they came in, but on fire for you. Father God, I ask that anybody who is bounded up in shackles, anybody who is bounded up in slavery to sin, who's been questioning you, who's been questioning the purpose for their life, that you give them that revelation now that you break everything off that is not of you, every principality that is trying to latch on, every legion sin on assignment. Lord, we rebuke that. We rebuke every spirit that not, is not of God. We cast down every devil. And it must submit to the perfect will of God. God, I ask. I ask for a double portion on this house. God, I ask for a double portion of this. God, I ask that you begin to send more servants to this house. Servants for the living God. Father God, I ask that you pour out more (laughs) on Pastor Rex and his wife. Oh, my goodness. Lord, I ask that you pour more out. Not because of who they are, but because of their obedience to you, Father God. God, I ask that if there are people questioning what they're supposed to do, that you reveal to them the answers and promises are yes and amen. Father God, your answers and your promises are yes and amen. Lord, you have not given up on us. You have not forsaken us, Lord. Father God, move in this atmosphere. Move in this atmosphere, Lord. Lord, we put a praise on our circumstances. God, we put a praise on our situation. It's not where we start, it's where we finish. And Lord, we lift up your name. And we sing praises to your name.
3: If you need prayer, come forward.